Amen. How many of you love this time of year? Amen. Amen. You know, there's an old saying, actually it's an old song, that says Christmas is the most wonderful time of year, right? How many of you heard that song or that, and that saying? I'm going to actually, uh, I'm going to try to switch back over to my other mic and see if it works. And if you guys could connect me there, let's check this out. Okay. So how's that? Are we working? Yes? No, we're not working. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to stick with this mic. We don't, I don't know what happened, but sometimes stuff happens, right? Technology. But... Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. There's just, you know, you, when you get out, you go shopping, you go to the store, there, you know, Christmas music and lights and decorations and, and great food and activities and just, actually, there's probably more to do than we have time to do it, but it's a great time of year because there's so much to do and there's just wonderful time doing it, amen? But I think that the most wonderful thing about this time of year is the time that we get to spend with family and friends, that we get to, to spend in fellowship and, and, you know, what we call fellowship or meals, joining together in meals or going to parties or just, just hanging out more, maybe watching football or, or whatever you do during this time of year. It's just a wonderful time of year to be able to just spend time with people. A couple weeks ago, we had Thanksgiving, and I know our family, you know, we had a bunch of our family gathered together, and I know a lot of you did the same thing. And, and you know, uh, this last Friday, uh, my family, we have a little tradition that we do with, with our children when they were younger, now our grandchildren, and we call it cookie night. So this last Friday, we, we got together for cookie night, and uh, so I put up some pictures, and those are some of our grandchildren, and and this was cookie night, just Friday night, and uh, and we made cookies. That's what what we did, and we and we get together, we laugh, we we watch Christmas programs or movies, and we just listen to Christmas music, and we just have a great time together. And uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to have a lot more of those those times. You're going to have the opportunity to connect with family and with your friends and maybe neighbors or other people that you may not see over the, over the rest of the year. It's a great opportunity to connect with people. And this is what makes this time of year such a wonderful time of year. It's, it's that fellowship. It's that time that we have with, with people. But you know, for a lot of people, this is not the most wonderful time of year. There's, you know, there's a lot of people go through really hard times at Christmas and during this season. Over the last couple of years, I think people have especially gone through difficult times, not just at holiday, but throughout the year. And, you know, so, so Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year, but it's not for everybody the most wonderful time. But we have the opportunity to make it the most wonderful time by connecting with them, loving on people, sharing with people. But you know, the most wonderful thing that we can share with people is, is this one message. No matter what we go through, God is with us in all circumstances and situations in life. If we're going through a difficult time the last couple years, and maybe, maybe even you're going through a difficult time, we know that God is with us in all of these circumstances of life. In fact, Jesus says in John 16, 33, he says this. He says, in this world you will have trouble. 
That's not a very encouraging word, is it? But Jesus said it, right? In this world, you will have trouble. But listen to what he then says. He says, but take heart. I've overcome the world. I've overcome the trouble. I'm going to be with you through the trouble. He says he'll never leave us, never forsake us. But then his brother James, when he wrote in James 1, 2, he says, my brothers and sisters, when you have many kinds of trouble, he didn't say if you have many kinds of trouble. He says when you have many kinds of trouble, he says you should be full of joy. He says you should be full of, of joy. Last week we began our Advent message series called uh, Joy in All Things. We've titled it Joy in All Things because the Bible tells us we can have joy in every situation, in every circumstance, we can have joy. And today I want to talk to you about the joy we experience in fellowship, in fellowship. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Philippians chapter 1. If you want to follow along in your message notes uh, in the Version app, just go to more, which is on the, the bottom right. Go to more events, and then you'll see New Life Church, and you'll be right there. And uh, so... Um, you know, the Bible speaks of a joy, of a joy that is inexpressible or unspeakable. You ever heard that? You know, there was an old church song that was joy unspeakable and full of glory. Well, that's Scripture. It's not just a song. It's Scripture. And, but the Bible tells us of that kind of joy. This joy unspeakable comes from the fellowship we have with Jesus, the relationship, the fellowship we have with God through Jesus Christ and as, as believers. And the, this joy that the Bible speaks of that is, that is inexpressible or unspeakable is a joy that goes beyond circumstances. It's not dependent on the circumstances or, or what we're going through in life, whether it be good or not so good. It's a joy that's not subject to the highs and lows of happiness. How I many you know we can be happy one day and not so happy the next? But, but James says here, he says you can have joy even when you go through various or many troubles. You see, this joy comes in a fellowship we have with God through Jesus Christ, but also through other believers. This joy comes. We are, if you will, the dispensers of joy. God has put his Holy Spirit within us. He's come and he's, he's taught us. He's given us his word. He's given us joy. We become dispensers of joy. Those people that, that maybe this time of year is not so, not so full of joy, or we can give them joy by bringing that, uh, the joy that is in our hearts, that joy unspeakable and full of glory, we can share that with others. Can somebody say amen? amen. Now, this word fellowship that we talk about in the Bible this word comes from a Greek word. Most of you know it's koinonia. Everybody say koinonia. koinonia. Okay, and most of you have heard that, but the word actually means, it doesn't mean fellowship in the sense of sitting around a table sharing a meal. That's part of it. But what the actual meaning of koinonia is is partnership or, uh, or participation. It's partnering with people and partnering with people in life and participating with people in life. But I have a definition that's always been my definition of koinonia, and it is the weaving of our lives together. I see it throughout the Bible 
that God has always wanted us to have our lives interwoven together with God and with one another. And that's my definition of koinonia. It is, it is fellowship in relationship with God and with other people. And this is where we find that joy that's unspeakable or inexpressible. It's in those, those relationships. Even when we go through difficult circumstances or hard times, it's the, the interwovenness of our lives with the life of God, His Holy Spirit. We sing that song, your breath is, your breath is in our lungs. There's an interwovenness that we have with God and the Holy Spirit and that we have with one another that brings about a joy and it doesn't matter what we're going through we can have joy James says you will have you can have joy even in all of the troubles that we experience in this world so I want you to turn to uh, Philippians uh, chapter we're going to st start reading verse 1 chapter 1 and in this this uh, section of scripture and this whole month series uh, this advent series is out of the book of Philippians but the Apostle Paul, he's established this church in Philippi, and he wrote this letter to uh, the church while he was in jail. How many know Paul was not experiencing the best of times? In fact, my understanding of jail in those days was not very pleasant. People were in chains. They were, they were chained to the guards. They were in chains and dungeons. And actually, one scripture says that he was in the lowest of the lowest places in the dungeon. And so Paul's not going through a great time. And, but listen to what he says here in Philippians. In this letter, he, he writes to the church at Philippi. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you. You know, you don't hear Paul complaining, do you? He's not complaining about being in chains, being in jail. You know, oh, look at the circumstances. He's not complaining. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with what? Joy. I pray with joy because, listen to this, because of your partnership, that word is koinonia, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way, about all of you, listen to this now, since I have you in my heart, that's koinonia. It's an interconnection. Inter the people at Philippi, Paul is in prison, in chains. The church is at Philippi. Paul is telling them, writing to them, says, but you're in my heart. Your life is interwoven in my life. It is right for me to feel this way, to feel this joy that I have, to being confident. It is right to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending the, and confirming the gospel, all of you share, partner, koinonia, all of you share 
in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection, koinonia, partnering with affection. You're in my heart. He says, God can testify how long, how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and the depth of insight. That word is discernment. And knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Father, we thank you, Lord, today for your word and for teaching us, Lord. And we pray, Holy Spirit, we open our hearts to hear your voice and for you to teach each one of us, Lord, today. And Lord, we pray and we ask you today for this joy unspeakable. Interweave our lives together with you, Holy Spirit. And Lord, we pray that you'll interweave our lives together with each one of us, that we may have your joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In this passage of Scripture, I, w- I just want to point out four ways that these people were interwoven together, four ways they were interwoven together. First is the people were active in the body of Christ. They were active. Say active. active. Say active. active. I, need, I need to turn my inner monitors up because I just want to hear you a little bit more. <laughs> Verse 4 says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. I always pray with what? With, I'm going to keep testing you, so you've got to pay attention there. So we, we, I always pray with because of what? Your partnership, your sharing, your koinonia. Paul is saying his joy is because people were partnering. They were participating with one another. They were active in the church. This participation, he was saying, brings about a joy that the Bible says is inexpressible and it's unspeakable. It's something that is not natural. It's a supernatural joy that takes place when we allow God to interweave his life and we interweave our life with his, with the Holy Spirit. But when we also interweave our life with one another through being active in the body of Christ. And the bigger picture here is that Paul is saying that he loves seeing people do what, not what they want to do, not necessarily what they, you know, I want to go do this or I want to go that, but what he loves seeing them do is doing what he knows Jesus loves to do. You see, the body of Christ and we as believers, we're here to do what we know God loves and wants us to do. We Christians do what God loves. That's, the, that's what it means to be in his will. Ephesians 5, 25, 26 says, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Christ, Jesus, loved the church. You see, as Christians, our focus is, is living for what it means to do what Jesus loves, to be involved, to be active. Jesus says he loves the church, and he wants to see us active in 
his body in the church. And fellowship, he says, comes as, as we are active with one another about the Father's business, you could say, but also active in doing the things that Jesus loves for us to do. That creates an interwovenness of activity in our lives, which creates joy, which creates joy. Now, I want you to, I'm going to just take you to a picture real quick in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. I'll read it real quick here. And what I want you to grasp is a picture of the church that's producing a joy, not just for the people in the church, but it's producing a joy that we still read about today that's a picture of what joy looks like. So it says in Acts 2.42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Why? Because they're doing what Jesus wants and loves for them to do. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, koinonia, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone that had need. Every day they continued to meet together. They continued to interweave their lives together. They met together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Why did all this happen? because people were active in the body of Christ, because they loved what Jesus loves, and they were active in the body of Christ. Being active in the church or body of Christ creates a fellowship, a koinonia, an interwovenness in our lives that results in a joy that's not subject to how good the week went or how good the day's going. It's an interwovenness with God and his people. The second way they inter, they, that we see here that they interwove their lives together is by sharing the gospel. How many know what the gospel means? What is the gospel? It's good news. It's the good news about Jesus. Jesus came for God so loved the world that he came. He, he came, he lived this life and he died on a cross. He was resurrected on the third day. The good news about Jesus is he did all of that for us so that we could have a relationship, so that we could, if you will, koinonia, so that we could interweave our life with the life of the Holy Spirit and with God. Are you hearing me, church? Paul says in verse 4, he says, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul is saying here that he takes joy in seeing how the church has grown in fellowship or interwovenness. God loves it when we come together and worship, when we interweave and we're together and the Holy Spirit begins to move and we begin to just... Uh, connect, if you will, with the Holy Spirit. But God loves to see us interwoven together, our lives together. He loves to see that when we share in the gospel, this interweaving of our lives together. This is what I believe draws and attracts God to our lives, to services like this. You see, the world looks at us 
How many know the world looks at the body of Christ, the church? The Bible specifically says that the world will know us by our love. It's by our interwovenness together. The world looks and says, look at their love. Look at how they love God, but look at how they love each other. There's an interwovenness. And I want to tell you that the world will know us by our joy that's produced from the interwovenness that we have in the fellowship of the body of Christ. How many know that when you're around joyful people, it's irresistible? You ever just been around somebody that's just so full of joy, it's just irresistible? Well, that's what that's what the Lord is speaking of. We experience that kind of joy together when we share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ with people. The third way we live our lives interwoven together is within with a mutual confidence in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, let me explain that. This, there is a confidence that comes in our relationship with God, but what develops in a in this koinonia, this fellowship, is a mutual confidence. Paul says here in verse 6, being confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. This work of, is, this work, word confident or confidence means to be so convinced that you're willing to lay your life on the line for it. That's what confidence is. It's like Peter stepping out of the boat. How many know Jesus said, come, Peter put confidence in his word, and he stepped out of the boat and walked on the water. You see, there's a confidence, but there is a mutual confidence that becomes, that I believe Paul is talking about here in this good work. It's a mutual confidence that comes in the fellowship or the interweaving of our lives together. There was a confidence that was binding them together, binding these people together, creating an interwovenness. Jesus teaches us in Matthew 18. He says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Listen to this. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I will be there in the midst. He's talking about fellowship, koinonia, interweaving our lives together and this mutual confidence that, that bound these people together in the lordship of Jesus Christ. They lived in agreement they are living, this, this confidence is us living together in agreement for each other's needs and prayers. Jesus says, if two, just two of you, will agree, will interweave your confidence in the Lordship of Jesus Christ, will agree together for others' needs, for healing and for miracles to take place. What Jesus is saying there, all it takes is two of you interweaving your lives together in the confidence of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he also, he, he, Jesus says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. They lived in agreement, and hear this, church, they lived in agreement for the presence of God in their gatherings. You see, just as this, 
Somebody comes up, hey, would you agree with me in prayer for my healing? Or would you agree with me in prayer for this need to be met? They're asking you, according to the word, would you interweave your confidence in Jesus Christ with me right now? But every Sunday when we gather together, how about if we all come in and we agree together that the presence of God is going to fill this place and that there's going to be miracles, signs, and wonders in this place. There'll be people being healed and lives being changed and transformed in this place. Why? Because there is a supernatural mutual confidence that we have in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen? Amen. That's what we see in these. Their confidence in the Lordship of Jesus Christ interwove their lives together. I'm going to ask the band if they would go ahead and come back up. The fourth way their lives were interwoven together, and listen to this word because this is what the season is truly all about. The fourth way they interwove their lives gives the expectation. Say expectation. Expectation of the Lord's return. Verse 6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, that word, that phrase, until the day of Christ Jesus, is, is mentioned twice here. First in verse 6, and then in verse 10. Here's what it says in verse 10. So that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. These people, and what the church is called to do, is we're to live in a holy expectation of the Lord's return. How many know Jesus is returning? It's a promise he made. He said that I go, if I go away, I promise I will come again for you. There, and we should live in this holy expectation. That holy expectation is part of interweaving our lives together with one another. It's a mutual. It's a, it's a joint. It is a gathering of our holy expectation in the Lord's return. And what he says here is when we do this, when there is this mutual with this mutual expectation, the supernatural. I'm not just talking about just a word. I'm talking about a mutual expectation. Hey, church, listen. Jesus could come back today. How many know Jesus is coming back? Are you hearing me, church? Jesus. Yeah, there's problems of the world, COVID-19, world wars, and all of this craziness that this world has. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Right in, the, right in the middle of all this stuff going on, Jesus, uh, that's a holy expectation that our God hasn't forgotten us, that our God still holds us in his hands, and our God's promises, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. You see, the word of the Lord today is Jesus is coming back. That's what Advent is all about. That's what the season, it's about an expectation of his return. And what it did in the peoples, it created an interwovenness. You know, you may be going through a really difficult time. You may experience some really, you know, rough times, seasons in the past. Maybe Christmas isn't such a great time, you know, for everyone. But guess what? 
Jesus is coming back. Jesus has not forgotten about you. Jesus loves you, and he's coming back. And that creates this, this not only the expectation, but that expectation creates a, an interwovenness of something we all know, we're confident of, and we're expecting it. You see, that's how this joy is created in all circumstances. It's a joy that comes in fellowship with God through Jesus Christ. It's a joy that comes in fellowship with one another, with each other. Would you bow your heads with me? See, Father, today I know that we all come into this place with different situations and circumstances and from some may be just full of happiness. Some may not be. Some may be good, some not so good. But Lord, your word tells us that we can have the joy of the Lord, Lord, which is unspeakable, which is above everything we can imagine or think, that we can have the joy of the Lord through, through our interwovenness with you, Holy Spirit, and through our interwovenness with each other in the body of Christ. And so, Father, today, Lord, today I just pray over every person here. I pray over every person. And, and I want to, you to know as I pray for you this morning, God wants you to have this joy unspeakable. He wants you to have it right now, today. He wants you, and you can just pray this as I pray with you. Say, Lord Jesus... Holy Spirit, come and fill my heart. Flood every cell of my body. Fill my mind, my thoughts with you. Interweave, Holy Spirit, your life in my life. And cause me to connect with your body of Christ. That I may, my life may be interwoven with others. So, Father, that's our prayer this morning, is that you would do a supernatural miracle in each of our lives and interweave us together like never before. So, Father, that's, that's our prayer this morning. I pray that every person that has come into this place would leave changed, transformed with a new joy mindset We're going to take a moment and share communion together right now. And the reason I wanted to do this like this this morning is because communion is a very special time of interweaving our lives together. It's a, I like to call communion, common union. Common union with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus. Common union with each other. Jesus said, it says that he took, he took bread. And he gave thanks. And he broke that bread. He broke it. And he says, take, eat. This is my body. Let it be interwoven in your life. 
So let's partake of the bread. He took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant, a brand new life. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's drink. So, Father, today, through communion, we, we interweave our life with, with your life. Through communion together, us sharing in the Lord's table, Lord, we decide today that we're going to be interwoven together, Lord, with you. We thank you, God, today for this. Church, let's just stand our feet. We're going to take a few minutes and just worship. And so, band, just lead us.